Want to hear 25 remote work experts share their amazing strategies and processes for building successful remote work companies and remote team? We've got speakers from leading companies like Thinkific, Evergreen Profits, Dynamite Circle and Tribe Theory and more. Register for your free ticket now at www.remotebusinesssummit.com That's right, www.remotebusinesssummit.com We'll see you there, November 18 to 22. Woohoo! Welcome to Founders Connect Podcast. We help lifestyle entrepreneurs to grow their business online and create a happier marriage. Did you know that approximately 45% of marriages end up in divorce and 65% of all startups fail due to founder conflicts? Well, we're here to change that. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest and practical tips to help you with business, relationships, and sustainable living. Now, let the fun begin! Hi, I'm Cindy Pham. And I'm Anthony Chansomuth. And we're from Founders Connect. I have with me Nina Fountain, founder and CEO of FutureWorks. And uh, FutureWorks is New Zealand's leading workplace organization. Nina is a workplace strategist and she consults leaders who are employee-focused to establish flexible, distributed and remote teams. And Nina helps her clients to attract and keep the best talent, increase workforce adaptability and establish a distributed workforce. So let's get into that. Nina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're based out of which part of New Zealand? Wellington. So I'm in the capital. I'm an Australian hiding out in New Zealand though. <laughs> Love it. Not a bad place to be. So let's talk about how you got into, what, what were you doing before you started FutureWorks? I was actually working for government. I was working in the Australian national government and I was based in Canberra and the opportunity came up for me to leave on a payout. So I actually jumped at the chance because I was keen to set up as a consultant, taking the information I'd learned from some of the leading employers and make that available to a broader range of businesses. I especially had in mind small businesses and the work has evolved over time to serve not-for-profits as well and some medium-sized businesses as well. So you've been doing this for how many years now? It started way back in 2013. Wow. So my experience with working from home and flexible work and distributed teams goes back to 2011 when I started that work in the Australian government. And we actually doing some cutting edge stuff at the time, seeking to double the number of people working from home because the Australian government had a digital economy strategy at the time seeking to use the, the broadband network that was being built and is still being built in some places. Yes. And so it was, what is the network actually going to deliver to the economy? There needed to be a strategy and it had eight elements, one of which was working from home. So I led the strategy implementation team, built an industry partnership and education program around that to make that happen. So what have you seen, like going back to that time and when you were working with the Australian government in terms of adoption of a flexible workplace strategy, market understanding of what that is, because there's all these phrases out there. We've gone from, I mean, remote work, flexible work, virtual 
teams. There's all kinds of, you know, all that. I, I mean, I'm going back to 2003 when I was working with HP and outsourcing was the, the buzzword at the time and globalization and, you know, sending people to India and all these sort of things. So I'm curious about just where you've been. Do you feel like we've caught up in terms of the general public or is this still relatively new in understanding and what the corporations and the larger companies are doing? It's so interesting. I think there has been a shift. It, since that time, it was very much something that the corporates were doing. So that's what motivated me. Was I, I could see that there was this hidden capability that wasn't available to a broader audience. And now people are more aware that flexible work and outsourcing and remote work can be really valuable business decisions. And yet the capability is still, I think, at the limited end for most businesses. So what I see happening is that small businesses will often be ready to jump at the chance. And that's where relationships are are easier to manage. It's easier to see performance when you're working really closely with someone and to get a sense that the person's committed and engaged in the work. So often a, a small business owner thinks, look, this is something I can try because I trust that person and I'm going to be able to stay in touch with them. What happens then is if they grow, they start then thinking about how they can outsource, how they can offer more flexibility. And once they get to kind of 20, 25 people, once they get to that larger number, then it becomes even more important to have a clear structure around things. And that's where the capability doesn't seem to be there a lot. We're still talking about outsourcing. We're still talking about globalization. And now I think we realize that flexibility is no longer a nice to have that helps us get some get some good people it's actually more of a, a hygiene factor that we need to have because it is so hard to get great people and the best people will choose where they can work so you know we're, we're realizing that our talent pool is not just here it's across the country and it's across the globe and it's anyone in our close time zones so it's exciting to see that because there's a huge amount of potential and I think we're, we're really at this kind of tipping point where that people have been talking about for the last 20, 25 years where the work style is just going to change so drastically and it has been changing really drastically in the Asia-Pacific region for the last few years. It's been the fastest growth of working from home and um, remote work. But, but that, yeah, that's just going to you know, be the norm very soon. So what, have you got any um, sort of insights in terms of whether it's research or whatever it might be that can give us an indication of what's happening, like size of companies involved or percentage of population that's sort of adopting remote work? Like is there anything that's been published in recent years, you know, from leaders in this space that they can really talk about mm. that? Yeah, so my focus is on um, flexibility. And so I know that in Australia, there's some great data for the larger organizations. It's harder to get data on the smaller organizations, but I think the Workplace Gender Equality Agency data is probably the, the clearest. And that shows us that for 100 plus, there's 70% of employers either have a policy or a strategy in place for flexible work, which includes working from home. And a lot more of them have a, have a policy than have a strategy. Another piece of data came out in about 2016, I believe, and that's from IDC, and they haven't done any updates since then. But that showed that in this region, in the Asia-Pacific region, there are about 30% of the workforce are working from home or working remotely consistently. Um, so we can only expect that that's probably increased quite a bit that's uh, in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. 
You are listening to the Founders Connect podcast, helping lifestyle entrepreneurs to grow their business online and create a happier marriage. Now back to the show. Why is that happening? What's driving that transition? Yeah, I think where there's cost pressures. So productivity hasn't risen globally. So people are looking for ways to, to do more with less. I think that people increasingly have access to digital tools at their fingertips wherever they go. So they're expecting that they're going to be able to do the same thing at work. And I think we've got the mindset now that is much more of a portfolio career. People are able to take a piece here and a piece there, bring those all together and create a picture that's going to bring more purpose and more satisfaction and productivity to their own lives. So there's a lot of talk about becoming a lot more employee-centric. And you know, recently we saw some business leaders sign a petition and, and a statement around the difference between shareholder value and employee value and recognizing that employees have got have got a much more important role than, than we've ever really given them credibility for. So so I think that shift towards employee engagement, that's where the smart business leaders are going is they're realizing I've got, you know, my people have always been a really valuable asset, but now I've got to work even even harder to make sure they're having a really great experience. And flexibility is just you know, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's almost the first thing you need to do to give a great employee experience. Yeah, that's tremendous. And we can see it is the consumer or the employees are driving the demand in the sense of, you know, when they're making choices around what careers or what companies they're going to, it's kind of like, well, one company is very traditional based and I have to go into the office and commute one hour a day on a train or whatever it may be, or exactly. I can go home, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. And, and then you've got you know, mothers who want to have their babies and want to stay home with their kids or, or whatever it may be. Mm. Dads as well. A lot of different things going on. Really cool. Mm. So you're going to be talking about flexible work and uh, the topic you're talking about on the summit is, is your company set up to get the most out of flexible work? Now, why are you so passionate about this? Because I've been hanging out with you for a while now, a couple of weeks now in Bali and um, you're all over this. So why are you so like, keen on this topic and um, spreading the word about flexible work? Yeah, it's fascinating where our passions come from. And for me, I definitely can trace it back to having a couple of experiences in the workforce, working for larger hierarchically minded organizations and experiencing that command and control leadership style that is the worst way to manage me, if I could put it that way. So it's not the best way to get the best results out of me. And I think there are a lot of people who are in that situation. At the same time, I really enjoy work. Work is great. Work is getting things done, making a difference in the world. There's so much good that can be done when work is great. So I've seen both sides as an employee and also as a manager working alongside other managers. I've seen the difference between great management and great workplaces and what that creates and how it inspires people. And the negative and when people don't step up to more leadership rather than um, kind of risk management of their staff mm-hmm. and when they don't actually have that focus on creating a great workplace experience for their staff, then they don't get the best out of them and nobody wins. So really, I think what motivates me and why flexible work actually made sense is because there's a great win-win 
It's great for business. It's great for people. I was initially completely surprised that I even got interested in this work. I was asked just to have coffee for half an hour. Would I be interested in potentially taking up this job? And I thought, oh no, I'm not sure I even want to to go for coffee. You know, this is probably going to be a waste of time. I thought it's all about working from home. That's HR stuff. I'm completely not interested in HR. And then I discovered this win-win and there's also a win for society in that you're taking cars off the road, having people in their houses means that there's more presence in the community. So it's actually, there's this incredible benefit for everyone. Just all we need to do is actually get it right. And that's changing our mindset, looking at a few important things and laying some good foundations. So it seems to me like it's a, it's such a fantastic benefit that's within reach for most of us that it's really worth putting a bit of effort in to make it happen. That's amazing. And I, I love that you sort of touched on the environmental impacts of flexible work. I don't think that's something that's spoken about enough and not really considered, right? We're looking at cost reductions and, and these typical businessy sort of focuses, but we don't really look at the human and the society impacts of flexible work and where we're going. And, and I love that you brought that up because it is true. Like I'm not driving to work anymore. I'm using public transport I'm, or I'm staying at home and I'm not as a employee or someone running my own business that I'm saving costs and not having office, like leasing office space and these sort of things. But I'm also, my fulfillment goes up because I'm at home with my wife, you know, and active in the community, as you say. So that's really awesome. Yeah, it's so true. It's so important. And it's part of how we can have a more fulfilling experience of work. So yeah, I think there's, there's really something in it. Cool. All right. So we're going to, you're going to be giving away one amazing prize for a lucky winner who attends your talk on the summit. Could you just share what that's going to be? Yes. So um, the winner will receive a prize valued at $199. And that is an opportunity to have a half hour consultation with me talking about their flexible workplace or their flexible work situation. So in that meeting, we usually, that person will usually get a very clear idea of what their next steps are. It may not necessarily be to work with me. It's all really about serving that person, making sure that they get clear on how they can best get to a flexible workplace that's going to work for them. So it's actually quite a really, quite a fun process. I have 10 questions I go through and I can advise the person pretty quickly at the end, what kind of change strategy to adopt and what the key areas are that they need to focus on. Incredible. I know that's a valuable session. So uh, if you really want to jump in on that, then head over to www.remotebusinesssummit.com. Grab your free ticket. The event kicks off on November 18. Uh, and once you register, make sure you register for Nina's talk and you can jump in on that and go into the end contest to win that. So could you finish this sentence for me? It's not about flexible work. What is it really about? It's really about people. It's really about believing in each other and seeing ourselves as capable and creative adults who want to contribute to the world. Amazing. I'm so honored to have you on the summit and we will see you there, November 18. And uh, also grateful having you joining us today on the podcast. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Ant. And of course, if you guys want to check out uh, what Nina's doing, you can head over to her. She's on LinkedIn, Nina Fountain. And also current website URL is transformedteams.com.au. And um, soon will be, do we know yet what the domain will be or is that going to be, is that pending? Yes, it's future-works.com.au. There you go. So we'll add those to the show notes and make sure you jump over there and uh, connect with Nina and she can help you transform your organization. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Nina. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. 
And remember to live passionately, purposefully, and confidently. Till next time. <laughs>